Okay, so I've got the theme uh, for this. Uh, it's uh, it's one last recording before the trouble starts. Uh, and you remember our old buddy uh, Joe Saya, the linebacker yeah. and Vietnam vet. And he told me a story about a guy who goes into a bar and he says, uh, bartender, quick, give me a whiskey before the trouble starts. And uh, uh, so bartender doesn't know what he's talking about, but he pours a whiskey. And so then um, the guy finishes it and he says, uh, bartender, hit me again before the trouble starts. <laughs> and, and he keeps looking around, you know, and the bartender's kind of like looking around too, but uh, okay. So he pours him another one. And um, he finishes that and he says, bartender, one more before the trouble starts. He says, hey, mister, so far the only thing I've seen on this counter is your elbows. So what do you say we settle up for the ones you've already had? <laughs> and the guy says, oh, <laughs> Lord, the trouble's starting. <laughs> so, uh, so, Brian, um, uh when you start, uh, when you board up your your home, do you do you settle for three eighths plywood or do you spring for the five eighths? Five eighths, five eighths, and uh, I go with three and a half inch uh, deck screws, but with like the star head. Everybody, ah. everybody's got access to Phillips head drivers. Finding that star head's a little bit more advanced. Well, I've got about a hundred of them at. Uh, uh, Black, Black Fridays over the years. What? Uh, so it's not exactly, it's not exactly contraband. It's not like getting a, a star-headed bit isn't like you know picking up cubanos. <laughs> here I just said that not everybody has access, and here you are bragging about your hundred pack that you've got laying around. They're coming to you first, and then they're going to come take down my boards. <laughs> Nine one one SOS Brian, they've got my bits. Uh, sir, I need you to remain calm. Yeah. So, so uh, are, are we going to put a, a, a date stamp on this thing? You mean like tell everybody what day this is? Like they don't already know. The last day on Earth. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Will that upset your children? No, no, they know. They know. They know you. They know me. No, they know what day it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, I have not had a bad day. Uh, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Winger's here. She's uh, um, working hard like she always does, and um, uh, it's always nice to be in her company. Uh, I. Uh, went out for oh by the way <laughs> holy smokes howdy welcome to the managing expectations podcast i'm your jeff i'm your jeff winger the host <laughs> with me is the Brian Grimm, aide de camp. Brian, howdy. Howdy, the Jeff. How are you? 
Well, I'm, uh, we, you know, we really eased into that. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, episode 35 of Managing Expectations, the podcast, as opposed to Managing Expectation, the uh, floor wax. And uh, uh, we are uh, proud to be brought to you by uh, Mrs. Winger Mask. We uh, look forward to uh, hearing some more from our uh, sponsor uh, later in the show. Um, but uh, uh, are you trying to trace the call? I see you want me to go long. Yeah, you, you're making that gesture. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so just uh, so um, uh, uh, ha I've had a good day uh, reaching out to uh, uh, old friends and uh, telling them I love them because, uh, you know, don't postpone joy. That's my motto. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. And then, and then I painted. I'm working on Mrs. Winger's abstract blue horse, which uh, longtime listeners know uh, nearly drove me to a, a depressive rupture. But um, you know what? I've, I've really kind of leaned into it. And uh, in fact, I added too much detail and she said it wasn't as good. So I've had to like go back and like abstractify it a little bit. Uh, Mr. Mr. Winger's Opus. OK, that movie was filmed in Portland, Oregon, so you can go to hell. <laughs> I'm like, really? like, I. Like we need, like we need Portland talk today. Yeah. I mean, although, uh, Brian, don't you want to ask me why I'm wearing a tie? Hey, hey, what's going on? Is that a space tie? Uh, you might know it as a Joe Rickard tie. <laughs> I was about to say so. You know what? It's a Stan Rizzo tie is what it is. It's Stan that, Rizzo in 1969, yeah, 68. That looks, that looks like a SR signature. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a Stan Rizzo. It's a, it's a Rizzo original. It's a Rizzo original. It's an original. Oh, oh that's good. Yeah. You got there. Uh, why are you wearing a tie today? Well, Brian, do you remember, uh, you know, as you know, I always wear a tie when I fly. That's right, because you don't and, want, if the plane were to go down, you don't want to be uh, wearing a, I'm a stupid, I'm a stupid t-shirt. That is correct. And so because of uh, the uncertainty of uh, the time, um, I'm going to wear a tie. That's, that's how that goes. Good. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I went to, I went to FedEx. And uh, okay, so I have a friend, uh, a lifelong friend, mm. um, who I thought was doing okay. He is a man of uh, cultivation and refinement, uh, but he has been in a depressive shoulder roll uh, that I that he didn't really talk to me about. Mm. And um, yeah, uh, he and I spent uh, I don't know over an hour on the phone the other day, and uh, he told me uh, you know he talked we talked, and uh, you know I mean he's just been like a good friend for decades, and um, so 
Uh, I uh, shipped him uh, a copy of William Styron's Darkness Visible, which for my money is the best book written ab about depression. It, it, if, you're, if you're suffering and having a hard time putting into words what you're feeling, Darkness Visible does it. And if you have no idea what it's like because you're not so afflicted, um, it, it does the best job of anything I've seen uh, in, in putting it into words so that you can understand what, say, a loved one is going through. Mm -hmm. uh, it made a believer out of G Mrs. Winger, who being from Iowa, uh, uh, there, there too for had, had, had been a uh, depression skeptic. Um, uh, the sort of uh, country girl who, who thinks that uh, depression is something you say you are to get out of doing chores. It's, it's that thing that swirls in the, in the Atlantic before it becomes a full-blown hurricane. And no, they're from Iowa. They don't believe in hurricanes either. <laughs> what, what year was that? What year was that book published? I'm just, I'm curious. 1990. Okay. So, I mean, 30 years old at this point, but are, are there other books that explain it? Maybe, but this is the one I always use. And, mm -hmm. and I've given, I bet I've handed out 10 copies of this book, if not more over the course of my life when and um you know i've had friends say well thanks but you know i mean it seems it, it seems too intimidating to them like it's going to be a journey into the dark belly of the beast um i had another friend who was um you know styron's uncompromising in his uh vocabulary usage so i mean it, it's you know he he writes um at a certain level, you know, and, and so I had a friend say that was a challenge, but, uh, you know, it's, um, you know, I, I you know, look, I, I don't want to make it sound like it's completely inaccessible, but, uh, you know, it, it, anyway, what was your question about it? No, I was just, you know, just, just curious because the, um, obviously depression and anxiety, mental health, um, is, is talked about a lot more openly than it was even 20, 30 years ago. Um, and especially, you know, among, among men, I would say. Um, and so I guess the point I was just, I was getting at is um, it's not your, uh, it's not your grandmother's book on depression. It's something that's maybe more modern for the times we're in well yeah i mean if you accept you know if you if you think about it that that book was was published closer to woodstock than we are to that book right now um that's a that's a fun thought isn't it yeah that is um so um uh, Christopher Hitchens, who is an awfully, uh, this is this is a great story, and I don't know if I've told it 
before. I, it seems like we've talked about depression and so forth and whatnot previously, but in Hitchens' memoir, he talked about having dinner with um, William Styron. And um, he wrote, um, uh, let's see. Um, so, so Styron and Hitchens were having dinner in Connecticut. Uh, about, and, and Styron was telling him, and I'm reading from Hitch 22, about a golden moment in Paris when he had been waiting uh, to be given a large cash prize, an emblazoned ribbon and medal of literary achievement and a handsome dinner to which all his friends had been bidden. I looked uh, longingly across the lobby t at the street and I mean longingly, I thought, if I could just, um, Sorry, man, the light's terrible in here. If I could just hurl myself through those heavy revolving doors, I might get myself under the sheets of that merciful bus. Uh, through, um, and then the agony would stop. Um, so he, he's telling Hitchens about his depression. Uh, in a footnote, uh, he said, he talked about this dinner in this diner. He says, at this diner, uh, we were served by a temple, pimply and stringy-haired youth of appallingly dank demeanor. Bringing back Bill's credit card, he remarked that it bore a name that was almost the same as that of a famous writer. Bill said nothing. Tonelessly, the youth went on. He's called William Styron. I left this up to Bill, who again held off until the kid matter-of-factly said anyway that guy's book saved my life at this point styron invited him to sit down and he was eventually persuaded that he was at the same table of the author of darkness visible it was like a transformation scene he told us brokenly of how he had sought and found the needful help does this happen to you a lot i, I later asked styron oh all the time I even get the police calling up to ask if I'll come on the line and talk to the man who's threatening to jump. Um, anyway, I, when, I, when I was a bookseller, I thought, see, this is, this is what separates books and the life of the mind from other widgets and gadgets. And... Um, you know, I I, uh, I I took a lot of pride in the fact that, um, you know, books can help. I mean, you know, there's also the the ancient proverbs that um, proverb uh, that uh, to the making of many books there is no end, and much devotion to them is wearisome to the flesh. Something like that. Um, so you know, books can hurt too, but uh, you know, fine. Put the uh, Hubert Selby down and uh, pick up Darkness Visible and things will start looking up almost right away. Things will start looking up right away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, uh, 
Yeah, I don't. I see. The thing is, this is a busy season for my old friend, and I just assumed I made certain assumptions, which is um, uh, a, a precarious position to take. And um, you know, he went okay, but I'm glad I got through to him. I'm glad I talked to him. Then, okay, instead of taking it to the USPS, I went to uh, FedEx, which always makes me feel like a baller. I mean, I feel like an absolute gangster move. Boom. There's $11. Yeah, it's worth it to me. I, uh, <clears throat> I read something about the, uh, the dopamine hit that you get when you open a box from FedEx. Uh, that, that kind of, that, that zipper, that cardboard zipper that's at the top. Um, Are you kidding? Because no, this is really I'm, funny if you're making this up. No, this is, this is really true. That, that, that. When people, you know, people associate like the mail with with uh, with bills, right? Um, Increasingly junk mail. Yeah. Junk mail. Yeah. I mean, there's. I mean, you occasionally you'll get something that's that's interesting in the mail, but most of the time it's just something that you have to deal with. Uh, something from FedEx. You know, a certain unknown frontier as to what's in the box um yeah that was uh that was a funny bit in a movie that i barely remember what was it called bowfinger with steve martin and eddie murphy yeah uh and and uh, like the only thing i can remember is uh uh steve martin saying um and one day we will have achieved success when, and by we, I mean me, when we see a FedEx truck coming down the cul-de-sac, pulling up here with my, with, uh, with my screenplay, something like that. Uh-huh. But the whole, uh, by we, I mean me is hilarious. And then, you know, the, I mean, it's probably just like paid product placement, but it yeah. works. I, you know, look, I, I think you, UPS is terrific too. I mean, I you know I think they're fine, yep. and I'm happy to see either of those trucks on my street compared to um, the poor schmucks, uh, the indentured servants working for Jeff Be- Bezos, um, uh, driving 75 miles an hour on my uh, bucolic suburban uh, roundabout. Uh, once you deliver. 250 packages you can take a 15 minute break yeah in the, yeah and also it's it's important to bring a pickle jar with you in case you have to ease nature while on your route did you just put your finger up because you were were you cautioning me were you cautioning no. me no no i was just saying that for number one <laughs> Yeah, you don't number two in a pickle jar, for heaven's sake. Oh, that... What are you, some caveman? <laughs> I, I've, I find it coarse and vulgar. That's right. Uh, yeah, FedEx, FedEx is pretty great. There's a, there's a story that, that I've heard told a couple of times, and I don't know if it's, it's true or not, but the, 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 the founder of FedEx... Um, like really was 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 very uh, convinced that there was a better way to send it to send a package. 
uh, and you could, you could track it, you could find out where it is. And, and so he saw that need, and, and so he created this company. Um, but they weren't doing well, and so he uh, went to Vegas and, and uh, had, to, had to win at the blackjack table to, pay, to make payroll or something like that. I don't know. Uh, I think FedEx uh, was written about um, in Tom Peters' book in Pursuit of Excellence, but I could be wrong. That's a, uh, that was a staple in business schools and business classes in, uh, in, the, in the 80s. Um, Tom Peters uh, is like a consulting guru. I mean, he's kind of like, uh, uh, what are his things? Uh, the relentless percent pursuit of wow, and um, you know he's all like you know, brand you. Um, you know about be your own brand. Brand me, brand you. <laughs> brand you and the horse you rode in on. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, you're turning red. You're blushing. I, I wish we had the. I wish we had the video channel now. I wish we had a YouTube channel. Hey, we'll get. We'll get to that next time. Yeah. Well. Yeah. If the world's still here on Monday, we'll talk. This is like the, been the meme I've been searching for, high and low. Um. You know you. Um. Uh, go ahead. You got something to say? I can tell. No. Uh, I guess the listeners, if if you're hearing this, uh, good news. <laughs> if you're able to hear this, it means there's still an electricity grid. It means that Jackson Grimm is still alive in the next uh, one to four weeks. <laughs> Whenever he can fit it into his busy schedule to splice these two audio streams together. So that he can... Oh, you know what? I, okay, uh, listener feedback. I'm hard to hear. So now I'm using my microphone again because I guess the built-in mic wasn't good enough. So I'm using this. I hope it's better. Sounds pretty good here. Yeah. Also, you know, I'm still kind of, I'm still a little, uh, I'm still a little, um, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still a little wounded by being told that we have an NPR vibe, that we're like click and clack the Tappet brothers only without any practical applied knowledge or practical value so it's just like dad jokes on parade but at least they started off with a really sophisticated joke about the trouble starting now listen we love the feedback but uh, that feedback was terrible <laughs> well I'm sure that that feedback um, uh, which was given to me personally uh, at least it wasn't uh, a one-star review, which we don't want at all. No. But your five-star reviews and uh, feedback like best podcast ever, stuff like that, totally appreciated. If we could plant a seed, for instance. Yeah, just say. if you know, just spitballing here. Five-star review, subscribe, um, you know, and we can be found on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, same as Joe Rogan. Uh, when you think about Spotify Podcasts, I think you think Joe Rogan, then I think you think Managing Expectations. 
I know I do. Yeah. Right yeah. here. Yeah. Here that's, here. Yeah, that's my... Yeah, this is where... I, this is my goal. Right here. And I'm holding my hand really up high. Is he in a little bit of trouble right now with Spotify? Uh, I don't think so. I, I honestly don't think so. I mean, I, I, I think uh, some millennials got their panties in a bunch. Uh, I think uh, that you can still find all the content that he's done. Um, there was apparently there was a thing uh, he interviewed that Infowars guy, the uh, uh, Alex Cross, Alex Jones. Alex Jones? Yeah. Um, so he's like a crazy screaming conspiracy guy yep. who probably has like tinfoil inside his earphones. I don't know if they're inside his earphones, but I think he got, you know how sometimes people will get like a, a metal plate when they have like a traumatic I do. I do. head injury? Yeah, he, I think he just went in and just got like a layer, a layer put in. <laughs> Listen, as long as I'm getting hair plugs, can you... Can you weave in some uh, aluminum, some aluminum strands? Um, yeah. So anyway, I, I heard that like some of the some of the audio was lost, but then they found it, so it wasn't really a thing. But I mean, he's always got. I mean, uh, Rogan is always gonna do his thing. Uh, all that Spotify money, I mean, makes him essentially cancel proof. And if the kids don't like it, they can go find a job. You know. At, at the public access channel, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, whereas, whereas, um, uh, we're probably not cancel proof, but apparently, uh, with our uh, overall uh, aging uh, white male tone and our uh, NPR-like cadence. And no uh, practical value. Um, we, we we really shouldn't be on anybody's radar, but I've thought that before. So yeah. here we are. So uh, um, uh, I did I did make a few notes of things to talk about, but Brian, uh, why don't you tell our listener about um, our sponsor today? Uh, our sponsor today. And we're very thankful for is Mrs. Winger mask masks, which can be found at mrswinger.com. Uh, as we know, this pandemic isn't going away anytime soon. So be safe out there, protect yourself and protect others by wearing a mask that is comfortable, effective, and I might say very stylish. Mrswinger.com. Um, you're not the only one who thinks they're stylish. Uh, my friend, uh, uh, who's been having some trouble, uh, his wife, um, Maggie discovered Mrs. Winger mask and she started ordering a bunch of them because they go with different outfits. She's a professional woman. She is in, out in the public and she is matching these things like, like she's getting ready for the September issue of Vogue. I mean, she's she's killing it. And Maggie is 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 uh, an attractive woman, and may I say, intelligent. <laughs> There's actually a story behind that, but um, 
Do you want me to tell it, or do you want to bust in with a mask? No, I just I just wanted to say something about uh, Mrs. Winger masks is that not only are they effective uh, practically, but also they are cost effective. I mean, you you get a mask for a very reasonable price that looks great. Ten so bucks. Why not? Ten, Ten bucks. bucks. Comfortable. Comfortable. Stylish. Effective. So. Feel New good. <laughs> look good. Be good. Yeah. So, so, um, uh, Brooke's wife did some work in the Armenian community, uh, in California, in their town. And, um, once their, whatever the job was, was accomplished, um, uh, the, the um, there was a big dinner, a big Armenian dinner. Uh, as you can imagine, a lot of, um, a lot of earthy passions, um, you know, with just people from the old country. And, um, <laughs> so anyway, what, one of the guys takes Brooke, Brooke aside and says, and he's just like praising, uh, 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 my friend's wife, uh, to, to the sky and says, she is so beautiful, and may I say, and then like kind of looks around like he doesn't want to be untoward, intelligent. <laughs> like, whoa, 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 keep it down. Hey, 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 that's my wife you're talking about. <laughs> I know, I've always loved that story. Funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, um, uh, so, so there's, what? You, you have some notes. <laughs> Maybe not as many as I thought. You have uh, a note. Uh, yeah. Um, any idea how the algorithms work on Instagram? Because I had a, I had a, um, an ad for Spanx. Um, so are you referring to the, uh, how, <laughs> how the algorithms work for a uh, hundred billion dollar company? Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you have any insight in that? Mm -mm. No, mm. not nah, man. Uh, uh, they, they so Spanx are essentially like a girdle for a new generation. I mean, they like keep you tucked in and smooth. smooth. Tucked in and smooth. Okay. But apparently they're more... So it seems like my grandmother's generation um, wore girdles. My mom's generation did not. Nor, frankly, does my generation. But now then, so like younger Gen Xers and millennials are wearing Spanx? Yep. Okay, so I'm just going to assume it's a terrible idea, since no, I um, think it's a good idea. You, well, are you pro? Listen, are you pro spank? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not pro spank. I'm not con spank. I'm spank neutral. I mean, to be honest with you. <laughs> but I will tell you this that. The inventor of Spanx, Sarah Blakely, um, she's 
kind of got a cool story and it's, it's you know she started out she had this idea she she liked um, as the story goes she liked the way that she looked um, in pantyhose she liked the way that her clothes fit her when she wore pantyhose but she hated her legs being covered so she cut the legs off of her pantyhose and just wore the, the tight shorts um, and then decided to make a business out of it and uh, you know now she's a billionaire literally seriously can you imagine can you imagine just having something blow up and just be a billionaire a billionaire that's 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 a lot that's cooler than a million (laughs) have you ever heard that thing that like a million seconds ago was like a few days ago and a billion seconds ago was like 17 years i'm just making those numbers up off the top of my head anybody wants to check my math you're welcome to yeah get back i I, I hear that analogy um when when people describe like the wealth of jeff bezos right it's like okay so like this is what hey we might have talked about this this is what a, a million grains of rice looks like and then this is what a billion grains of light rice looks like, and it's like an entire room filled with, with rice. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. A million would sounds. I mean, I, I'd be okay with a million. Is all I'm saying. Would a million so, dollars? Would a million dollars change your life and the life of your immediate family? It wouldn't today. Because I'm living like, I'm, I'm, nope, I'm, not today. Tomorrow? Uh, I don't know. If there's a, if tomorrow comes, let me know. (laughs) I just think, um, yeah, so, um, and of course, if you're, if you're hearing this, tomorrow came. Hooray! Good job. (laughs) Hooray. <laughs> now remember, <laughs> remember to uh, uh, not to leave a. Uh, <laughs> what don't 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 leave food uncovered in case the bears come in from the mountains. Right. Yeah. Uh, take your your campfires and douse them completely so as not to give any evidence that you were you were there the night before. Yeah. Um, so, um, X, uh, the punk rock band X, uh, has a song that starts, uh, honest to goodness, the bars weren't open this morning. They must've been voting for the president or something. That's, uh, I think that song is, uh, uh, more fun in the new world or something like that. Hmm. I liked X. I mean, I, I, I most, yeah, I liked X. Um, and then their guitar player left at one point and then Dave Alvin who was with the Blasters joined them and I, I'm a real Dave Alvin fan Dave Alvin uh, you re- you may remember Brian from um, an appearance on Justified and he was kind of the musical muse of the of the series I don't remember um at the end, at the end of one of the seasons, I think um, maybe the season that uh, uh, Raylan's father was killed, mm-hmm. um, 
um, they played um, You'll Never Get Out of Harlan Alive, and his version was terrific. Oh, hey, you know what I thought would be fun? You and I should uh, get together on um, uh, and make a Managing Expectations Spotify okay. playlist. I would like to uh, first nominate uh, Always Look on the Bright Side of Life by Monty Python. Okay. Seconded. No. Have you ever heard it? <laughs> no. No. Uh, okay. Well, that would explain uh, it then. But I think that there's a reference to it in my third favorite movie, Sliding Doors. <laughs> Um, uh, let's see, this is Tuesday night, so that makes this, uh, Gwyneth night, uh, at, Wins uh, no, no Winslet. which night is Gwyn <laughs> I would think Wednesday, we Winslet, that. we thought about that, it's, it's Win, it's Winslet day, and depending on the movie, hump day. Oh, hey. hey! You don't have to work. You don't hey, have to work, hey, blue who's kid. Got a minor who's our minor? Who's our producer here? Take it easy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, anyway. Um, I, I, but uh, when, oh, the other Wednesday thing. is actually yeah, uh, we call it Wickham Wednesday, and we watch Wickham because we watch uh, all of the. Uh, uh, it's a study in all of the villains in any Jane Austen after Mr. Wickham. Oh, because I, when I lived in Portland, Oregon, I ran into a lot of people who claimed to be <laughs> practitioners of Wickham. <laughs> um, a lot of, most of them worked in coffee shops. Uh, was there a face piercing? Um, yeah, yeah, as a matter of fact, it was, but anyway, oh, great, we're probably going to get hexed now, so. Terrific. All the things that I'm worried about this afternoon, <laughs> now i got to add that hex <laughs> to the list. Well, that's, that seals it. I'm going with the five-eighths plywood. Consequently. Yeah. Con consequently the day is squashed so uh, so one thing that I was going to speak of, uh, speak about I'd like to speak, speak for I'd you, like please. to speak to our listener November is National Novel Writing Month or NaNoWriMo is that funny to you? Nano Is that funny? Nano Rimo, and and in fact, that's uh, you can you can search it. Oh, ooh! Finally, we could probably put something else on the uh, show notes. Um, Nano Rimo is um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a thing. Uh, what they want you to do is write like a hundred thousand words in the month of November, 
which, um, you know, is like, I don't know, roughly 30, well, it's 3,333 words a day, but, you know, which is kind of a lot. It's kind of a lot. So it's a dedication. But what they want you to do is just pour it out, just pour it out, get it on the page and you can polish and rewrite and and you know if you know anything about the the art of writing um you know it, it all is in the rewrite but most people just procrastinate they either don't write it or they write it and then like then they want to polish it so you end up with you know a page and a half of something that you've buffed to a high sheen and then when you you know and then in one moment you could say oh this is crap i quit and then spend the rest of november um i don't know thinking up reasons not to write so anyway they just want you to get it down on paper get it in your word processor and then you can at your leisure you can clean it up um i am probably not going so so i first heard about this several years ago and um mrs winger and i went to a um, kickoff meeting in uh, when we lived in Kansas City. It was uh, the sort of people that you might expect. A lot of people working on, uh, you know, vampire romances. There's big money in those. Uh, well, there was for one author, and um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, um, uh, yeah, yeah. There's. Um, um, so anyway, um, I, I, you know, I, I, I gave it a good faith effort that year and was just overcome by events. Uh, um, you know, little, uh, Miami, Steve, uh, Van Zant, Steve Van Zant, who's been, uh, uh, who took 20 years away from the E Street band, but he's, uh, Springsteen's, you know, he's Springsteen's aide de camp. The Consigliere, the you know the number two and um, his foil. Uh, he uh, he's a really interesting guy. I mean, you know, for my money, "Darkness on the Edge of Town" is Springsteen's best record. He's certainly the most personal for me. For me, um, it it still just sounds great. It's just it's not greasy kid stuff. It's it's just fantastic. And 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 Steve Van Zant swears up and down that if only Springsteen had listened to him that record could have been so much better than what it was. I saw uh, the two of them, I think, were on Letterman when, um, so uh, several years ago, uh, they came out with uh, a record, uh, or a, you know, it was, a, it was a box set called The Promise, which I think was a two CD set. It had a, um, you know, a booklet that came with it like that. And, um, uh, it was all the songs that were recorded during the Darkness on the Edge of Town sessions uh, without, but never made it to the record. Um, and, you know, I mean, you know, look, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's true. I mean, with the band, with, with the business, mm -hmm. Springsteen is the boss. I mean, you, you work for him. I mean, it would be we like like uh, in his in the biography written by uh, I think the guy's name is Peter Ames Carlin Carlin 
Yeah, I think it's Peter Ames Carlin. He's a, he was a music writer for uh, the Oregonian, so, you know, he can go to hell. But um, um, uh, anyway, his, his book on Springsteen uh, was uh, maybe the best, the best one, the most serious one, until um, Springsteen wrote his own memoir. Anyway, um, uh, what did I, uh, oh, oh, um, like, like, I, I mean, like, people really do call Springsteen the boss, but, like, mm-hmm. mostly they work for him, uh, and so Springsteen's like, well, well, so, like, this, this guy's interviewing him, and he says, so, could I call you boss, and Springsteen says, well, it would be kind of weird if you did it. So, so uh, I thought that was hilarious. Anyway, so Springsteen was the, is the boss, and Miami Steve was um, the 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 consigliere, and he's like you know talking to him about stuff. And um, uh, on Letterman, uh, little Stephen goes, um, "That album should have been called 70 Lost <laughs> Arguments." Uh, anyway, um, did you did you ever um, watch uh, Lillehammer? One of the. Uh, I think I watched. I think I watched a couple, but you and I have maybe talked before. I I don't love um, g- gangster movies the way me- most American men seem to. Um, I think um, so. I knew I was going to be rooting for a guy who would use um, violence to accomplish some noble purposes, but also end up doing stuff that hurt people. And I, I, I don't think Lily Hammer was as uh, um, graphic as The Sopranos, though I, I wouldn't know. Yeah, it, yeah, it was. But, but I just, I, I, I don't want to root for... Uh, a, a gangster because I I, uh, uh, I just I just think something's been lost in the American character uh, when when things went that way. Um, I think I, I'm sorry. I think the cowboy is a better myth, and I think that we're better off thinking about you know the cowboy mm-hmm. on the frontier. And I'm sorry to I'm sorry to our Native American listeners. You know, I don't. You know, Mistakes were made, but you know, if it's any consolation, the Comanche kicked a lot of tail. Right. Everybody's tail. I mean, they, they were like, they were like the Wehrmacht of the plains. Wehrmacht. Wehrmacht. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, Herr Grimm, that I did not pronounce the 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 W like a V. Ugh. I thought that was like the were rabbit. That Wallace be Gromit. Where? Where mocked of London. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine that'd be that big get over there. No. Uh no. Yeah. yeah. Um so why was I no, oh, did I, you watch Lily Hammer? Lily Hammer was kind of interesting because it was uh, really early in Netflix's original programming, 
Um, and I might have, you know, yeah. I might have caught 15 minutes of, of, of the episode. Um, and they've really, really kind of gone all in on their original programming. Um, and, you know, yeah. the stuff that they're churning out. I mean, they used to just have like two or three of their own things and then a bunch of B-sides from everybody else. Yeah. So that's it. So are you saying Lilyhammer was a piece of was. I mean, compared to... Marco Polo? Compared to Marco Polo, yeah, probably. <laughs> it brain, brain. Marco. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> What's... Okay. So uh, <clears throat> a friend of Managing Expectations podcast, Jared, uh, is now uh, up in the uh, mountains with... Uh, in the same town as his sister and brother-in-law. And um, uh, we were up there several years ago visiting. And on the way out of town, there is this there's this huge pool with um, uh, hot springs, fed by hot springs. So it is just steaming, you know, year-round. So it was, it was winter and, you know, the snow was like six feet all around the sides of the pool. And we get into this, um, you know, it's just steaming and you can't see anything. It's like, you know, it's like one of those, you know, movies like where the ships are crossing the North Atlantic and you can't see, you know, more than, you know, just barely ahead of you. So we start playing Marco Polo. So there's like six of us in an Olympic sized pool. Okay. So like, even when I knew where they were, okay, it's like they can get away from me. You know, I mean. You know, you can't catch anybody with your eyes closed in an Olympic-sized pool. I don't know. Maybe Michael Phelps can. I can't. <laughs> Aquaman could. Did you see Justice League? It's too dark no. for you? <laughs> no, too dumb for me. <laughs> um, there was a hilarious... There, I, was, I, there I, was one good scene. There was one good scene. Where okay, so you know the deal with uh, Wonder Woman's uh, lasso, her rope, um, makes people tell the truth. So like, if she ties you up mm -hmm. in it, you gotta, you gotta, it makes you tell the truth. I don't know, it's stupid. And the more you find out about the guy who like created Wonder Woman, he was kind of a weird cat. I mean, the whole, the whole yeah. chicks tying you up thing is, is exact. You gotta tell the truth. <laughs> Truth or dare. <laughs> there, there was a movie that came out like five years ago. Yeah, I didn't guy. see it. It looked gratuitous. I didn't see it either. So I think I got the picture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, um, so so anyway, uh, Aquaman like just starts. Okay, so like uh, J Jason uh, Mamoa, is that his name? Momoa. Shut up. You're going to bust my chops about the Polynesian pronunciation? The Polynesian? How's that for a portmanteau? A poor man's toe? What? Yeah, that's. You're, do, you're doing a good job. That's yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah, it's. Well, it's, it's how I want to be remembered, Brian. 
Like Shakespeare, I've invented words. So uh, uh, anyway, Jason Mam M Momoa uh, as the Aquaman, um, he starts talking about, I mean, he just like kind of starts rambling, which is like, seems like a little bit out of character. And, he's, and then he like kind of starts talking about how hot Wonder Woman is, you know, and like he's not like being like totally creepy, but like, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. I can't remember what how it went, but it turns out he was sitting on the lasso and the con context was, I mean, the contact was just enough to like get him to spill his guts, you know, so he's like doing this whole sp stream of consciousness thing about what he actually thinks about everybody. And it was funny and it was a good scene. Uh -huh. Um that was the good scene in the movie, as I recall. DC is what a what a disaster that whole thing is. I mean, because what's going to happen is they're going to put uh, you and I both raised our finger at the same time. Yes, they're gonna they're gonna write the ship with the vampire from those books. What? What vampire? Robert Pattinson. Oh, the the Team Edward. Team Edward Bruce Wayne. Team Snowden. No, that's a different. Uh, yeah, that's um, the guy who played Snowden is the uh, the guy from the kid from Third Rock from the Sun that Christopher Nolan loves. Jo Joseph Gordon Levitt. Levitt. Levitt Town. So. Uh, yeah. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, even he would have made a better Batman. But, I mean, okay, to say it's Ben Affleck's fault is ridiculous. It's like saying that it was Clooney's fault. Clooney was not the... the it was not Clooney's fault that Batman and Robin was horrible. The, 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 the director, Joel Schumacher, was is, like, one of the worst directors in the world. He did St. Elmo's Fire, which was stupid. It was supposed to be the the movie of my generation it was ridiculous it was not the big chill for gen xers it was just it was just post boomer life being swallowed by its own rectum it was so stupid and there's like rob lowe with his mullet and dangly earring and playing the saxophone and doesn't play by the rules, man. And then Demi Moore wants to kill herself. And how she do it? By sitting in her apartment with the windows open on a winter day. How long would that take? That would take like three days to die that way. Of exposure? Is that what she's trying? That was so stupid. Is that, is that, is that true? Is that, is that really what yes. in the movie? And then like they got to save her. And then like since between Rob Lowe, Judd Nelson and... Andrew McCarthy they can't break down the door they like hijinks ensue as they try to get up the fire exchange and she's having a nervous breakdown in her nightgown and the windows are open and it's really cold I mean but seriously who does that nobody nobody tries to nobody seriously tries to hurt themselves but and, uh, and listen the point of this podcast is for you to manage your expectations and get happily through life the best you can and certainly not to give you ideas in fact if you want to kill yourself i would urge you to just open up all the windows and just wait for wait for it to happen and i think that eventually you're going to feel a lot better and just shut that window and get on with your life that's my advice to you because <laughs> there's there's a there's a lot of advice today about don't 
don't look at the news too much today. Don't look at the news too much. Go out for a walk. Get some fresh air. But don't get fresh air in your room by tr opening the windows if you're trying to kill yourself because you shouldn't try to kill yourself. Right. There you That's go. That's the advice. There you go. Uh, so, uh, anyway, it's not Ben Affleck's fault. He was as good as anybody else in those terrible movies. Um, and Robert Pattinson, what they're going to do is they're going to take Team Edward and they're going to make him like super dark and they're going to get an R rating, which is not going to be helpful. Okay? Nobody likes that except 55-year-old nerds who just think gratuitous violence is awesome. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, supposedly... It worked, it worked well, well for Joker. But, but did it really? Or, or could that movie have been um, PG-13 and gotten, gotten more kids? I mean, you, you tone it down a little bit. I mean, everybody... Look, I'm sorry, but, but PG-13 movies make more money than R-rated movies. Because I not that I, I think that I think they, I think the, I think they used to I think that that's I think that 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 tide has shifted. Do tides shift? I mean, Joker. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. That shift is that shift is sailed. That shift is tided. <laughs> so, uh, um, right. No, I, I'm sorry. That might have seemed embarrassing. It was not my purpose to embarrass you. I was actually just trying to get it straight. Like, you know. I don't, I don't even want to talk about it now. Okay, so so Joker, I mean, was a hit, but they could have maybe had a bigger hit. And also, I mean, I didn't see it, but I heard that it was kind of Taxi Driver, which is also a movie, which is yeah, also a that, movie I haven't seen because having seen Raging Bull when it came out and then having been super depressed for like three days afterwards i had a friend at the time say winger never never see taxi driver you can't take it you'll be too screwed up mm -hmm. and um of all the stupid things he ever told me I, i've kind of listened to that one the joker made a billion Did it dollars really? you know there you are again with a billion are you, you're just making numbers up today. Everything's a billion with you today. Right. There's a, there's, there's a lot of people making a billion dollars. Spanx and That's two. Beatrice Spanx. Mary, married to the boxer Leon Spanx. There's big money in boxing. I've heard that too. Do you think Ali made a billion dollars? Uh, I bet he didn't. No, no way. No. Especially coming up in the '60s, which is like his his real prime. Um, I don't think there's that kind of. Though I bet he got some pretty big paydays in the '70s, but yeah, you can't get into. Yeah, but, but what a hundred a hundred grand? Oh come on! You think that was it? Yeah, I do. That's unbelievable. When did when did uh, athlete salaries really start blowing up? Blowing up like my phone. Um, I would say that uh, Alex Rodriguez, his first contract—not his first contract, he, but his his his. When he went to he he left like the Mariners and went to the Rangers, right? And his was 
for 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 ten years, two hundred and fifty million. And now, but it's not like that was the first time that it happened. I mean, like quarterback salaries have been going up, and right, right, right. So this was this was probably. And you'd have to adjust for inflation and stuff like that too, but but I mean I just wonder what the difference is between say, uh, dolphin great Bob Greasy, and then D- dolphin great Dan Marino, right? And and frankly Marino probably didn't get paid a portion or you know a fraction of what subsequent less gifted dolphin quarterbacks have gotten. Although with a gun mm-hmm. to my head, I'm not sure I could mention. Another dolphin, a, a, a dolphin quarterback, post, post Marino, Marino, and he's been out of the league for what twenty years. Yeah. So, I'm really keeping a finger on the pulse. Is uh, anybody okay, so, watching NFL? Uh, Is anybody watching the NFL? Yeah, I think so. Um, hey, November is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, isn't it? Isn't that the uh, month where the NFL wears pink gloves and stuff? Pink sneakers? Or is November Military Appreciation Month? Uh, That was last month. Breast cancer. That was October? Yeah, October. So October's Breast Awareness Month. Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Cancer, right. And what's November? Is it military appreciation? Military family appreciation? Uh, I think so. Salute to the troops. Okay. What do you have? Do you have like the NFL media page open in front of you? Do you have it bookmarked? No, I, I was in on the meetings this week. <laughs> it's, called, it's called alignment. Synergy, bringing it together, yeah. top to bottom, supply chain. That's why I was running a little late today. It was on the my it was my NFL call. With, uh, and I was running a little late because I was being gangster at uh, uh, FedEx. And with that, let's uh, let's wrap up episode twenty. Oh, hey, did I tell you? So Mrs. Wing. Oh yeah, I did tell you that. Is it time already? Uh, well, a lot of people are going to think we're pa- it's past time. Hmm. But, I, man, I, this I, to me, to me, this conversation sizzles. And if anything makes it, bo- I, it... Now, you know me, and you've known me a long time. We're friends. We're lifelong friends. Absolutely. And, um, actually, can you really say that? I, I mean... I've been your lifelong friend, but you kind of came into my life when I was already grown up. Well, sorry. I got there as fast as I could. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... (laughs) Uh, That's funny. Well done. Well played. So, uh... um, uh, I can't remember what I was going to say now. You were going to... Oh! Go ahead. Uh, you know, I mean, look, I, I think, I think I can be noisy and loud, and uh, but I, you know what, I do tone it down a little bit because I don't want to cause unnecessary offense. 
I guess if I have to cause offense at some point, I know how. But, um, you know, outside of our small uh, listenership in uh, Portland, you know, in the uh, Portland suburbs, um, I, you know, I, I'm a lover, not a fighter. We know. <laughs> There's not a word of truth in any of that. Uh, it's so it, it's it's time already, and it, and it seems that the less time you have, the quicker it goes. Isn't that the truth? Uh, that's been my experience. Uh, the days dwindle down to a precious few. Yeah. Yeah. September song. I saw I saw a graph that, as a parent, made me feel horrible, and it, and it showed like how many days you have with your kids like when they're born and then like it, then it like decreases down like as their age increases <laughs> did you know feline aids is the leading killer of cats in america <laughs> debbie downer <laughs> what's the matter with you i didn't realize this, that the, the older your children get that means that the less time you have to spend with them uh yeah yeah okay so this episode of the managing (laughs) expectations podcast has been brought to you by cats in the cradle and brian grimm be looking for his single his his bongo version of cats in the cradle the harry chapin classic steel drum <laughs> Man, um I, I start talking about steel drums. Uh I heard a Jimmy Buffett song uh the other day. I was in a store and they played Fins, which was a song I loved when it came out and I and it still sounded pretty good to me, but wow. What it it's kind of embarrassing to be my age and to say, Yeah, I like Jimmy Buffett. And, and I don't really like Jimmy Buffett. I like some Jimmy Buffett songs and I think there's a difference. Mm-hmm. Um but I'd rather like Jimmy Buffett than Steely Dan. Man, Steely Dan's got a uh, small but really devoted fan base. I mean, those guys are nuts. Um, yeah. Fish heads. That's, Fish heads think they're a little extreme. Um, okay, I think <laughs> parrot heads? No, fish <laughs> with a PH. Oh, <laughs> But I thought you got confused. Jimmy Buffett fans are called parrot heads. Right. And uh, because so much of his uh, uh, body of work uh, is is about being at the beach and on on the ocean. You don't say. I thought you were calling him fish heads, but you were saying <laughs> the band Fish, uh, which was like going to be the new Grateful Dead right like they have like 20 minute jam band songs at their four hour concerts it makes me want to take a nap but then what doesn't all right we've gone over and uh frankly we just don't have that much time to waste especially you as a parent because they're just growing up so fast uh they're going to be grown up and refusing to produce uh, our podcast before you know it. 
half of that's already true. You know what? You know what? We'll talk about this offline, but uh, this is not this is not an NPR kind of podcast. No way. Way, way more cutting edge with its biting criticism of Steely Dan and Steely Dan music and Steely Dan fans. I've so I've listened to NPR, and you, sir, are no NPR. Toot call. All right, this is uh, this has been uh, the Managing Expectations podcast. I'm Jeff Winger. On behalf of uh, myself and Brian Grimm and MrsWinger.com, uh, the sponsor who provides for you uh, fantastic, stylish, effective, and uh, comfortable masks. Um, uh, we thank you for joining us. Check out MrsWinger.masks. You can click through on the show notes. Um, uh, I feel fine. Let's go to work. Let's go to work.